Today I have Laura Fredericks on the show, author of The Ask, and I couldn't be more excited. Laura, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Gonna be fun. So today we're talking about um, asking for what you want, right? And you are definitely the expert on this. Um, let's start out a little bit with the psychology as a foundation. What mm -hmm. is it that prevents people from just asking for things that they want, whether it's support or money or whatever it is? What, what prevents them? Everyone is going to say fear of rejection or no, which is okay. But I do know that those aren't the top reasons. Because uh, I always say, you know, is no the worst word you've heard? No, it's not. Don't tell us what is, but that's not it. Um, I think it's being unprepared for what they're going to hear back. Mm. And they start in their mind all the anticipation of they're not going to like me. It's too much. It's too little. What, what if I sour the relationship? What if I don't get the business deal? And they've talked themselves out of the ask. And that's the number one reason why people do not ask. Very, very interesting. Um and in the book, you actually have sort of this five-step process, and we're, we're not mm -hmm. going to go into any every granular detail of it, but right. on a high level, um, what are those five steps that people should follow if they want to ask for whatever it is that they're looking to get? These are steps. Just follow in order. You'll get exactly what you want. The first one is know exactly what you want, but with numbers and dates. A lot of people say, oh, I'd, I'd like this deal. I'd like more. I'd like to enhance the business, but they don't know numbers and dates. That's important. That's number one. Number two is prepare the conversation. Write the old-fashioned way 15 things you think I'm going to say to you and then the reaction back. Oh. Uh, don't have the budget. Don't have the time. Why you? We're speaking to other companies. Just write it. Write it all down. And then what you're going to say back. And that's a, a beautiful step. We do it in our heads, Kelly, yeah. but we don't write it. And you know you have a 75% chance more of remembering when you write it. Okay, that's that's number two. Number three, like we're doing today, deliver with confidence, strong eye contact, body language, the whole bit. Now, people think they do, but sometimes you wake up, it's the ass day, and you're in a lousy mood. So you just have to get yourself together. You know, what I do is I step out of my shoes and put my back on. I'm like, I'm a different person. So it's deliver with confidence. Number four, it's Laura's all-time favorite, and this is reiterate what you think you heard. Oh. I'm going to say that again. Reiterate what you think you heard because you're kind of nervous anticipating it. You hear one thing and it's not what they said. Right. And if it's not what they said, you're not on the same parallel. You're never going to close it. So if someone said, oh, you know, we don't, we don't have time for this right now. They didn't say no operative word right now. So you say, oh, that's great. When is a good time we can circle back and close this deal? Or people say, I don't know if to think about it. You don't know what they're thinking about. And your only one thing is finding out so you're on the same level, okay? And the fifth is plan your next move at the ask. So if they say, oh, this is great. We'll get back to you in a week. What's the week? Now, you and I are talking here on Monday. I'd say, can I call you Wednesday at 10 o'clock? Right. Otherwise, it takes you two and a half weeks to get back on their calendar. Right. So those are your five steps. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I've actually talked about this in a previous show. But um, when you're delivering a proposal, always presenting it in person. And yes. if there's going to be a follow-up, most of the time, 99% of the time, someone's not going to sign right when you're in front of them. Right. Um, that 1% is awesome, but not always the reality. Right. If you're leaving that meeting, you're leaving that proposal behind with them. 
is it, a, you know, let's get our calendars out and let's look at, like you said, next Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. Great. That works for me. I can come back. We can have a chat, whatever it is. But I love the, the specificity of the date and the time. And it's a commitment. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yep. um, those five steps are phenomenal. I think some people might push back a little bit and say, mm -hmm. yes, if I had the time, I would do that for every single thing that I wanted. Um, I own a creative agency. How how do you expect me to do all of that for every single thing I want? Is there sort of a, a, a Staples easy button <laughs> that we can push to say that was easy <laughs> to say um, what's the, the sort of magic? I got a shortcut version? for you. Yeah, I, I, the I got shortcut. the shortcut. Okay. The shortcut is with any ask. You always have to prepare, why me, why now, what will it do? Or why my company, why now, what will it do? Those are the three things that go off in everyone's head. So even if we do the ask on the fly, as I call it, just get those three things down and you'll be in good, good, good shape. Okay. Um, now, for creative agency leaders, can you talk a little bit about a couple of specific examples that would be relevant to them, how they could use this and implement it in their business? First of all, I say nothing talks like a leader, but they do themselves. So they have to practice first and then share it with their teams and say, you know, this is what worked. This didn't work. Let's work on this together. I just did this um, for one company and, and they asked me to come and train their staff. But actually, I was training them first because they say we haven't done this. So we should do it first and then ask others to do it. So I always say, number one, lead by example. And, you know, I've learned everything from mistakes. If you stumble along the way, share them. Don't hide them. That's mm -hmm. number one. And number two is, you I know, I, yeah, I really like write down reactions because a number one reason people don't ask is because they fear the reaction. So if you have that list of 15, do it as a joint project. What's your 15? What's my 15? By the time you get down to it, you probably have almost every reaction possible and you can go forward. And my third thing is, I always say this, the win is that you made the ask, not the result. Mm. Now, that might sound foreign to people, but when you get off the result, you're 90% to getting what you want because asking is an empowerment and, and, it, and people get attached to you. So we focus so much on did we get what we want, not how did it go, how do we keep this going? Right, right. Um, and just out of curiosity, how did you get involved in this? Was this sort of just like a lessons that you've learned over time or what, what's the backstory? The backstory was, um, first of all, it was about my ninth career, but I was a practicing attorney and I realized I was winning all my cases on cross-examination because I asked the right questions. Mm. Then I transitioned into philanthropy and asking for money was very easy for me and torturous to other people. So as an attorney, I just put structure, focus, organization in an asking area that was largely left to chance, time, and luck. Mm. And I realized Kelly, that everybody loves structure. So once you put structure to this process, everyone can follow. And that's why I started writing books. And the latest one that I really like is the Ask for Business, Philanthropy, Everyday Living. It's got every category. So asking is seamless. It's not ask this way for this bucket, ask this way for this bucket. Whether it's your creative agencies or they turn around and ask for something in their personal life, it's the same ask. So this could be definitely relevant for any type of business, even if it's a nonprofit organization yep. across the board. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's true. I mean, I, I just, I was training the Bloomberg sales force. It works. Turn around, I'm helping U.S. soccer. It works. 
Wow. So, so talk a little bit about that from the consulting standpoint, when you go in and you work with, um, let's just use creative agencies, cause that's what we're okay. talking about. Yep. Um, what do you go in, uh, talking to them about who do you work with originally? Does that expand to the rest of the team and, and how do you get them to actually quarterback this and implement it? Usually it's somebody in a leadership role who wants help with their team. That's usually what it comes down to, right? I have individual coaching, but usually it's them and their team. But I work with them first because I know everybody in the team is going to look at them and say, are you doing what you're asking me to do? And with any ask, the rule is you're going to get asked back. So you don't want to just change, you know, train the team and them say, well, what about you, right? So you start with them and we have like joint goals. What is it? And they might say, We've got great people, they have great conversations, but no one's asking or no one's closing the deal or no one's asking the right questions and asking for great questions is a great ask. So a lot of times they say, what are the open-ended questions we need to be asking our clients? Like, do you really know why they want you, why they chose you? Do you know who in the organization they have the best communication skills with? So we get on that level and we also talk about what are your goals, what do you want? Usually it's more business. And we go from there. Well, why, why isn't that happening? And nine times out of ten is they do the great ask and they walk away because no one knows how to follow up. Aha. Uh-huh. So that's another component of it. The follow yeah. up. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so as we're wrapping up, can you share one of uh, the most exciting either from clients that you've worked with in that capacity or just a, a letter or an email that you got? Someone implemented what you were talking about in the book these principles and they got, you know, this, this amazing result. Um, what, what is that? I can, and it's, it's not, it's not going to be what you think, but I I've got two. And one is, um, you know, whenever I talk, I always want businesses and nonprofits to come together. So if the business has hired me, I always say invite the nonprofits and vice versa. So I did this in, in Philadelphia and, um, the outskirts of Philadelphia and someone brought their daughter. She was 14 years old, which I love. And she came up to me she said Laura how do I ask someone to stop bullying me ah. not what you thought yeah. right yeah. so I talked to her I gave her the words she came back and not only did it work she's just thriving because she feels more empowered yeah. and I said they're picking on you because you are the person who's not empowered but if you use these words it's not gonna be a thrill for them anymore so that ended that was that was one and the other is it's so interesting you know I I'm an attorney I don't practice anymore but just last week a law firm hired me now in my 25 years, no one in the legal profession has ever hired me. I don't know why, but at least I'm discovered now. I'm happy. And they said, oh, my God, this stuff applies. And I'm like, and you all thought it was about facts, motions, winning, hearings and appeals. I said, you know what it is, is especially in the law, we over ask the ask. So it's just two sentences and a question and you'll get exactly what you want. Especially because this was for the women's initiative in this law firm, and they felt like men just get away with stuff, and I'm like, because you're over asking the ask. Right, right. Really, really great information, Laura. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. 